The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. But first, child maintenance payments could soon be collected at source by revenue. That's according to a report for the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee. Now, it comes after years of lobbying by one-parent families. I'm joined on the line now by Keith Walsh, family law solicitor. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, first of all, tell us about this report. Who compiled it and how long has it been in the making? It's been in the making for a a number of years um, and it follows on from a previous report in November of 2022. Um, It's essentially the Department of Justice set up a working group uh, which was called the Child Maintenance Review Group and that's composed of experts and it's chaired by a senior counsel, Mary O'Toole, uh, with departmental and other officials and non-government organisation people as well. So it's come up with a very practical, solution-focused report as I understand it, based on the newspaper today. So it's hugely welcome and positive. Now, I'm, again, depending on those reports myself, I haven't seen uh, the full report as prepared for the Minister. The Minister does indicate that she's going to move swiftly on the recommendations. But uh, first of all, before we go into what this would mean in terms of change, uh, what do you encounter in the courts by way of maintenance that's awarded but not paid? Well, there's only a small number of of ways of collecting maintenance once you get a court order. And the problem is the onus is always on the parent, who in many cases is a single mother or a separated mother uh, or wife to to apply for and get the maintenance in the first place. So that's a big enough hurdle, but that that's not insurmountable. The problem is when you've got your court order, there's only a small number of enforcement method, methods you could do. One is you can go to the district court again. The second thing is you can apply to have the maintenance deducted at source from the employer. Uh, and that that's a, a helpful one. Um, or you can sue as a contract debt or you can bring separate co- court proceedings or you can go for contempt of court. But what the, the, the child review group in this report published today says, well, why don't we get the revenue to collect this maintenance for people similar to LPT or where somebody is on welfare? Why don't we get it deducted at source from their welfare payment uh, from on post? Uh, they also want the courts to look more at attachment orders, which is where the maintenance is deducted at source by the employer and to use them more often, which saves people coming back to court. And essentially, I think what the group and the report is saying is, look, let's take some of the the, the, the onus or the, the hassle from the people seeking the maintenance. Now, child maintenance, particularly for uh, uh, single mothers, keeps people out of poverty. It's incredibly important. And it's a huge part of of the system. So anything the government can do must be welcomed uh, in, in this regard. And I think these are practical steps. Other new powers that the government wants to give the courts uh, is to freeze non-paying paying parents' assets where the parent attempts to dispose of them to avoid maintenance, to order sheriffs to enforce maintenance orders, and courts can also regard the failure to pay as contempt of court. And they're even going as far as in the report as saying that suspended sentences a suspended jail sentence should be considered for, painting, for parents who fail to pay child maintenance. And that's, that's really important. I think this is about changing the environment or the acceptability of non-payment of maintenance. If you ever go to the, the United States of America and you look at how they deal with non-payment of child maintenance there, it's, it's essentially considered criminal. And if you, mm. you contrast the way in Ireland that we deal with revenue debts and people who owe the revenue money are pursued relentlessly, whereas people who, who fail to pay child maintenance, unless the, the, the mother or the person who is being paid or losing out on behalf of their children 
uh, pursues them, they're going to be let away. Remember, this is only child maintenance. It doesn't deal with spousal maintenance. It only deals with child maintenance, which predominantly these cases take place in the district court, which is a hugely busy court. Yeah. In, in, in Ireland. Often the sums will be relatively small, uh, given uh, the, maybe the means of the, the two parties, the two parents involved. Uh, but no matter how small it might be, it could be maybe 20 to 50 euros a week. The difference that could make to a particular child um, could be significant. Could be significant. It also might reduce the burden on the taxpayer and revenue, uh, sorry, on, on the government uh, purse in particular, where you have people who, who are, are getting away with non-payment of maintenance. And, and um, you know, where, where you get paid maintenance, that also may have an effect on the social welfare you're entitled to. So you've a lot of you've some situations where the state has had to step in because people are refusing to pay mm. maintenance. Uh, so this will it, it'll not alone help those who are potentially falling into poverty, but will also it, in, it put the onus on people who are escaping uh, payment of maintenance. So I think it's very important. Okay. Now, uh, the payment of maintenance, one presumes, is a civil matter uh, because these proceedings are, are civil, I presume, rather than criminal when you're looking for maintenance for uh, a, a child. Um, how does that interface then with the criminal system if a prison sentence is to be invoked or do civil crimes also bring about prison sentences? Not necessarily. Um, uh, so I think what they're they're looking at doing is presumably creating a criminal offence of failure to pay maintenance, uh, just like it would be a, a criminal offence for failure to file tax returns mm-hmm. or to pay your tax returns. So I think they're they're putting it up there, which isn't in, in the current position. Uh, the law in this goes back to 1976, which is, is the, the Maintenance Child and, and, and Maintenance Act. Um, but so I think what they're also looking at doing is currently, if you if you don't obey a court order, and the best example is, is I think, the Burks at the minute will be before a, court, a, a high court in terms of failure to, to, to comply with a court order, you can be what's called attached and committed. Now, that's not just for maintenance, that's for any court order. That's a general power, and mm-hmm. it's generally used very sparingly. And in my experience, the, the judges in the district court currently threaten to put people in jail quite a lot when when they're asked to do that, but they're not asked a huge amount. And it's also a, a pretty big thing to try and do to the father of your children, if you think of it yeah. from the point of view of the person who has to apply. And also, it's not the state applying, it's the poor individual mother, which makes it much harder. So what I'm hoping is that the state is going to take over that collection and enforcement role from the, 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 the mother uh, who's looking for maintenance for their children and make it easier to collect for them because it's it's difficult enough to be now, uh, dealing with things without you that. You mentioned uh, making the non-payment of maintenance perhaps a, a criminal offence and that would require a new law. Uh, what about the other aspects that you've been talking about that ease the burden on uh, the, the onus on the mother to uh, go chasing the child maintenance? Does that require just changes in regulation uh, changes of guidance to the courts, or does it require l- changes in law? I, I, I think there would, there would, first of all, I think there can be a fairly quick implementation with some changes to the rules of court. Um, but I think a lot of the changes to the rules of court you find require a statutory basis or legislation. But currently the government has, has quite a majority, so I don't see that there would be any 
need to delay bringing in the the um, the legislation. I would have assumed that the, there would have to be some legislation to permit the, the revenue to collect uh, deductions at source uh, by on post in terms of people's because when you deal with property rights, you generally would have to legislate to make sure things yeah. are, are, are correctly done. Now, the other question is about, you know, attachment orders, uh, which you can apply for at the moment. I'm just wondering how they uh, feed into the whole business of uh, privacy, you know, telling your employer, therefore, that you've got a child maintenance issue, which perhaps is none of your employer's business. Well, exactly. And I mean, the the, the, the report today uh, from Kitty Holland to the Irish Times is quite concerning in that it starts with attachment orders being considered immediately. Now, that is not the way it works at the minute. Uh, I, I certainly think people sh- must be given a chance to show they can pay immediately. And you, what you could do is maybe make an either or um, order in relation to an attachment. And that means that there will be no attachment of earnings and your employer will not be notified unless you you miss two payments in a row or unless you miss something. I, I think that would be a good way to do it because you, you preserve the incentive for the person who's paying and whoever is paying the maintenance always needs an incentive to pay it, um, not to to do that. But I, I agree with you. I think there, is, there are greater privacy issues uh, arising from attachment orders and people are entitled to uh, have their privacy respected. However, where that comes at the point where people are, are failing in their their legal duties to pay maintenance for their children, I, I think that the court might weigh in, in favour of that. But I, I certainly wouldn't be in favour of automatic attachment to burdens yeah. because I think that that's a sledgehammer to crack it not. But this, right. so, some of the text coming in, uh, Keith, regarding the maintenance solution, what happens if the ex-partner of the person seeking maintenance has moved abroad within the EU for work reasons and is refusing to pay maintenance? Obviously, if they move beyond the EU, your legal problems would uh, be major but within the EU, are there any safeguards there? Yeah, yes, there's a, what's called a Euro- European payments orders. And there's about a thousand of these cases go through the courts every year. And I, I did one about three weeks ago where, uh, or just before Christmas, where you, once you have an order in an EU country for maintenance, you can enforce it in other countries. And that means you don't go back in and argue about how much maintenance you're entitled to. The argument is simply about how much is owed up to date, get your back payments and get the person to continue to pay in whatever country they live in the EU. The difficulties obviously arise with Britain. It's much more complicated post-Brexit, but for, for other, and again, mm. it, probably Britain is one of the greatest, most likely countries this people will move to rather than Germany or Switzerland, unfortunately. Uh, some other uh, texts. I'm glad you're talking about the subject of maintenance. I'm a divorced mother of three, and I have to drag myself through the courts to fight for my kids. It's never ending. And uh, when child maintenance is awarded, the parent it was awarded to has to declare uh, that they got it. It's income, basically. Therefore, the local authority rent goes up, rent allowance goes down, social welfare goes down, and it can affect medical cards or back-to-school allowances, regardless if it's paid or not. So getting award maintenance in a lot of cases costs the caring parent money. That's from Denise, uh, talking about a lot of loopholes in the current system. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think to be fair to the government, they're trying to address it with this and they're trying to put the onus on the state to get the money rather than on the mother. And I, I, I think this is a hugely welcome step. Uh, just to say that the, the, the report that was done in 2022 suggested a very complicated means of, of identifying how much maintenance should be paid and setting up a semi-state body and a variety of other things. That would have taken years and in my view that report would have sat on the shelf. But instead 
what we have is a very targeted, focused, uh, solution-focused um, approach, which is, isn't necessarily normal in, in maintenance or in family law. And I have to say, I think it's, it's, it's fantastically positive. And I think if, if what Kitty Holland has said in her article is true, I think hopefully by the end of the year, we could see a much improved system for collection of maintenance and a huge difference to the people who are in receipt of maintenance. I also think we're going to see an increase in the applications for maintenance once this comes through, because currently the, the applications for maintenance have fallen uh, from about eight or nine thousand seven or five or six years ago to now about five, five and a half thousand per year. So I think if people see the system is working, one of the usual things that you see in law after that is more people uh, try to use the system. And I think what we will see is more people who are deserving of child maintenance and entitled to it coming forward and saying, look, I want my child maintenance. You've gotten away from it long enough. And if, if, if the maintenance can genuinely be paid, I think that's going to benefit uh, uh, people uh, and mothers and children in particular. Keith Walsh, Family Law Solicitor. Thank you very much, Keith, for joining us. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.